We are heading right in to Big 12 Bowl season. Welcome in. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is where you find us covering the Big 12 Conference. We appreciate you being here, joining us on the show on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up right right there, right right below your screen. Hit that thumbs up for me, would you please? And then also on the podcast, leave us a five-star rating and review. Great way to help this show as we head into 2024. So um, we've got the Big 12 Bowl games coming up. I want to give you my picks against the spread for every single game. And I know some of you are going to say, well, hold on. We already had the Texas Tech game. We did. That was a week before any other games. So I wanted to roll this video out right before a bulk of the Big 12 Bowl games got underway. And that, of course, starts this weekend. So sorry, Tech fans. I talked a bit about the game last week. I picked Tech to cover. They won the game and they ran away with it. So credit to the Red Raiders. But now I'm going to give you my picks against the spread for every Big 12 Bowl game. And before we start doing that, let me give you a little betters tidbit for bowl games in general. In bowl games in general, first off, they're total crapshoots. It's anybody's guess. It's about who's motivated, who's got players who want to be there, what guys actually want to play, you know, what coaches are actually focused on the game versus just the practices. There's a lot of things that betters don't know, myself included, about what's happening behind the scenes with each of these teams. So here's the most interesting betting fact I've got for you here on bowl games. During the regular season, underdogs cover the spread but lose the game about 27% of the time. And they win the game outright 24% of the time. So once again, in the regular season, underdogs cover the spread but lose the game 27% of the time and they win the game outright 24% of the time. In bowl season, underdogs cover and lose just 15% of the time while they win 36% of the games outright. So nearly 4 in 10 underdogs in bowl games win the game outright. Which tells you Vegas doesn't know what the hell it's doing with these games. Nobody really knows how to set the lines for these bowl games because it's so difficult to determine motivation. And especially now with the transfer portal, guys leaving left and right, coaches in, coaches out. It is harder than ever to predict these bowl games. But we're going to do our best here at Heartland College Sports. All right, and I'm going to pick every Big 12 bowl game against the spread. So let's do it here as we uh, get the show rolling. I'm going to take these games in order and go from there. First up, we've got Georgia Tech and UCF. That's the first Big 12 bowl game coming up. And um, that, of course, is the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. We're dropping the sponsors. They're not paying us. So for our conversation, it's the Gasparilla Bowl. UCF is a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. And I'll tell you what, I really like the Knights to cover the five-and-a-half. The biggest reason for that is the fact that when it comes to the UCF rushing offense, which is one of the best in the entire uh, nation, I, I don't see how this Georgia Tech team, which has a bad rush defense, is going to slow down R.J. Harvey and this rushing offense for the Knights. I don't see how they're going to do it. 
And I think that's ultimately what is going to give the Knights a pretty convincing victory in this game. Plus, UCF has been a hot team down the stretch. They played really good football here the last few weeks. They had to have a good finish in November to end up even getting to a bowl game, which they did going 6-6. Six and six. They beat Cincinnati. They beat Oklahoma State. They barely lost to Tech, and then they took care of Houston the final week of the season to get to that 6-6 six and six mark. So they finished strong. We know how the season went. They lost some really tough games. I, this team is a couple of bounces away from being an 8-4 and four team at UCF. Think about it, right? The Baylor game and then the Oklahoma game. And if UCF goes six and four or eight and four, its first season in the Big Twelve, this is a very different conversation. They're healthier than they've ever been. They've got a team that's as confident as it's been all season long, and you know they've got a a group of guys that are humming, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So that's what this game comes down to for me. I think UCF wins it something like forty-five to thirty-four. As I mentioned, Georgia Tech has one of the worst rush defenses in the country, and I think they'll take care of business, uh, that being the UCF Knights, in this game over the Yellow Jackets. So give me UCF covering the 5.5 as the favorite against Georgia Tech in the Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, next up, as we look at the Big 12 Bowl games, Kansas and UNLV. Now, I want to sit here and say, hey, this Kansas team is motivated. They're in a bowl game again for a second straight season. They want to get revenge after last year's bowl game. I want to say that. I, I really do. Everything tells me I should say that. But then the other part of me is sitting here and saying to myself, gosh, 12 and a half points in a bowl game for a UNLV team that is going to be very motivated. And by the way, a UNLV team that has been fantastic against the spread this year. So I know none of us have watched a lot of UNLV football, but they're 10-3 and three against the number. And by the way, they're really good away from home. They're 6-0 and away from home against the spread. And of course, this game is a neutral site guaranteed rate bowl. So, uh, you know, we know how it's going to look when it comes to what this game is all about, where it's located, everything else. No doubt Kansas is the better team. But I think UNLV is better than most of us realize. UNLV can make things interesting. UNLV can score. And UNLV has the reason to be more motivated in this game. So I just feel like this is one of those higher scoring UNLV can cover, even if it's a backdoor cover. And it might be one of those. This has weird, crazy bowl game written all over it to me. So I'm going UNLV plus the 12.5 against Kansas in the guaranteed rate bowl this year. Next up, the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Who's getting the mayonnaise poured over them at the end of the game? That's what I want to know. So West Virginia comes in as a 6.5-point favorite. Now, the biggest reason for that, of course, no Drake May. The likely top three pick in the NFL draft, quarterback for the Tar Heels, is not playing in this game. So the point spread swung wildly in West Virginia's favor. But I'm not sure that's right. You know, West Virginia's the kind of team that, listen, they proved us all wrong last uh, this season. They 
won a lot of games that before the year, a lot of us didn't expect them to win, right? They had a season that none of us saw coming. They were picked to finish last in the Big 12, and they went 8-4. and four. So it's a credit and a testament to Neil Brown. But this is a UNC team that even without Drake May has talent and has depth under Mac Brown. So I'm not looking at this game and just saying to myself, well, it's too easy to say Drake May isn't playing, therefore I'm just going to roll with the Mountaineers. That's, that's too simple. Because also, you have a West Virginia team that's going to be without C.J. Donaldson. Now, that being said, we know Jaheim White is a stud and is more than capable of carrying the load in this game for West Virginia in the backfield. But the Mountaineers, for the most part, are not a team that's blowing people out. That's just not really their M.O. Now, they did it a couple of times this year. We, we know that. But am I going to take them to blow out a very solid UNC team? especially in a game that's going to have, I believe, more Tar Heel blue in it than Mountaineer blue because of where it's located. So I, I, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, just because of that, it's all West Virginia. The game's in Charlotte. There's going to be a lot of Tar Heels fans there. In fact, probably more than West Virginia fans right down the road. So it's going to feel like more of a home game for UNC on top of all that. So I think UNC can cover the six and a half points in this game. I think it's close. We know what West Virginia wants to do. They want to get the run game going. That's the goal here. They want to play, of course, um, ahead in this game. They're not a team that's going to play well from behind. That's just not how they're built. So I think that West Virginia can win this game. But at six and a half points, give me UNC to cover that number in the Dukes Mayo Bowl this year. (laughs) These bowl games get more ridiculous. But I will take the Tar Heels plus the six and a half. Next up, we got the Texas Bowl, Oklahoma State and Texas A&M. And this is one of the toughest bowls to figure out. Because I don't know, you want to talk about trying to figure out motivation, trying to figure out who wants to be there. Well, what is going on at A&M? This can go two ways for Texas A&M. Either guys are fired up to showcase their talents for Mike Elko or they just don't care because of what a dumpster fire the program has been over the last few weeks. There's no doubt there's talent on that field for Texas A&M. That is indisputable. We know there's talent. And we also know that Oklahoma State, listen, Oklahoma State plays up and down to its competition. And Oklahoma State was on the field with a very good team in the Texas Longhorns last time we saw them on the field. And it was pretty darn ugly. We know that as well. So <laughs> Oklahoma State's an underdog, a one-and-a-half-point dog. And here's the reason I'm taking the Cowboys. Because I am not going to place a dime on a Texas A&M Aggies team to cover a spread like this with all the turmoil they've had. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't blow Oklahoma State out by a couple of touchdowns. That might happen, and I won't be surprised. But in good faith, I'm not putting my money on the Aggies as a favorite based on what the program has been through the last few weeks, regardless of how much talent is on that field for Texas A&M. I am not going to do it. So I'll be staying away, probably, but I told you I'd pick every game, but this is the hardest one to pick in the entire Big 12 slate, this Texas Bowl. 
I'll go Oklahoma State. I'll say that Ollie Gordon has a big game. They can establish the run against a pretty darn good Texas A&M rushing defense. And um, they pull out something like a 24 to 20 victory, some kind of low scoring game. Um, A&M does have a very good rush defense, top 20 in the nation. So that's going to be tough uh, for the Cowboys to get that run game going. But I'm not convinced the Aggies offense can get any kind of success under a third string quarterback. So give me the Cowboys to cover the one and a half points in this game. Uh, Next up in the Big 12, we've got the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Kansas State and NC State. It's an interesting game. You know, you got a couple of top 25 teams, and uh, Kansas State is favored by two and a half points. It opened at K-State minus four and a half, and then it moved to Kansas State minus two and a half. Colin Klein leaves. We know Will Howard leaves. This is now Avery Johnson's team, and, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Now, here's the thing for me in this game, before I give you my pick. Kansas State has lost the most players in the Big 12 to the portal. New offensive coordinator, Avery Johnson, ton of talent. How's he going to play in this game? That still remains to be seen. We don't really know. Nobody knows. However, NC State is not a team that should be overlooked in this game. Anyone that's overlooking NC State and being like, oh, the ACC, that's, that's a mistake here. That's, that's, that's not something that anybody should be doing. And I know a lot of us that are watching the Big 12, we're not watching a lot of NC State football. But doing some research on this team, I'm, I'm saying, okay, uh, like, you know, they were sneakily in the top 25 throughout the season. They ended the season with a pretty dominant win over UNC. Go to Virginia Tech, get a good win. Beat Miami. Beat Clemson. I, like, they've won some pretty impressive games. Yeah, they lost to Duke. Yes, they lost to Louisville, a team that was in the ACC championship game. And they also lost to Notre Dame, who, you know, we know the Irish, especially early in the year, were better than they were late in the year. But I'm not looking at this team and saying, well, you know, it's NC State. No, Kansas State's lost a lot to the portal. New OC, new quarterback, although Avery Johnson's not new necessarily still. I mean, this is his first career start. This is his chance to shine. And as much as I like Kansas State and like everything I saw from them this year, NC State's a veteran team. Won nine games, and uh, they play, I don't want to say up and down the competition, but their only losses are to teams that were in the top 25. Now, Kansas State is obviously in that mix, but I'm going to go NC State to cover here. I'm going to say NC State can cover the two and a half points just because I have so many questions right now about Kansas State going into this game. So give me the Wolfpack plus the two and a half in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. We got three other games we got to get into here. Arizona-Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. Let's talk about that here for a few minutes. Oklahoma, of course, we know Dylan Gabriel's gone. The biggest question there, what does Oklahoma do without Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Arnold taking over at quarterback? There's a ton of confidence in Jackson Arnold, as there should be. Basically, Oklahoma let Dylan Gabriel walk because they have so much confidence in Jackson Arnold. That's telling. I think this team is highly motivated in this game to get to that 11-2 and mark and go into the SEC on a high note. I think that Brent Venables is incredibly motivated for this game. And, you know, I think Arizona, it's a team that hasn't been here before. 
this is a team that is playing in his first bowl game since 2017. None of these guys have been in this spot. Never mind against a blue blood like OU. So this feels like a game where Jackson Arnold has his coming out party. Oklahoma has a big last impression in the Big 12 going off to the SEC. And I like OU to roll in this game. I think they cover the two and a half. They're an underdog, by the way. And uh, give me the Oklahoma Sooners in the Alamo Bowl. And I think motivation and who's been there will play a big factor in terms of how this game plays out. Um, The Liberty Bowl. Iowa State and Memphis. So this has high-scoring affair all over it. Iowa State is going to put on the kind of performance that makes us talk about them a lot this offseason. Whether or not it's fair, whether or not it's right, I'm telling you that's how I feel this game is going to play out. Iowa State's going to turn in a monster performance. They're going to win. They're going to cover the 9.5 with a lot of young players, a lot of young talent, and we're going to give them a ton of off-season attention, in part, not only because of, but in part because of what we see them do against Memphis. A Memphis team that's, you know, okay. Uh, you know, I haven't played the best competition this season. They're all right. I mean, frankly, the best game Memphis played all year is probably a loss to Mizzou by seven points. Outside of that is basically what you would expect. But they score a lot and they give up a lot. They haven't seen a defense like Iowa State. And I see Iowa State winning this game something like, I mean, I think they're going to put points on the board in this Liberty Bowl. Uh, I'm going to say Iowa State wins this game something like 38-24, to and they cover the 9.5 points against Memphis. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I will take Iowa State to cover in that game. And then we get Texas and Washington in the college football playoff and the Sugar Bowl. Now, these two teams hooked up last year in the Alamo Bowl, and it was the Huskies outlasting the Longhorns 27-20. to But now there's quite a bit more on the line in this game. And here's what this comes down to. Can the backup running backs for Texas get the job done? Last year, Texas was without its top running back against Washington and B. John Robinson. He opted out of the Alamo Bowl. This year, of course, Jonathan Brooks is out for the season with a knee injury. What does that trio of C.J. Baxter, Jaden Blue, and Keelan Robinson end up doing? How do they end up performing in this game? What's that ultimately end up looking like? If they can get the run game going, then I like Texas to take care of business as four-and-a-half-point favorites. In fact, I think they will cover. I think Texas will win. And I think they're going to be heading to a national championship game after they beat the Washington Huskies. And I, I don't see how Washington gets any run going against this Texas defensive front. We know they're one of the best defensive fronts in the country. They've proven that. So then it's going to come down to Michael Penix, who, of course, leads the nation's top passing offense. And we know where Texas has been weak has been in that secondary. We, we, we know that. But I'm getting Steve Sarkeesian with almost a month to prepare for this game, to get it set up from an offensive angle, which of course is his bread and butter, but then also give his defense almost a month to prepare for Michael Penix. And I'm liking my odds. I'm taking that one every single time. 
Sark has really impressed me from a coaching perspective this year, what he's done as a leader of this program, what he's done with that offense. And I think Texas is going to be able to take care of business, but they're going to have to slow down Michael Penix, especially in late down situations. That's where he has kept this Washington offense on the field with third down conversions through the air. Texas has got to force third and longs. They've got to get those stops. And if they do that, which I think they will, they're going to play in a national championship after beating Washington 35 to 28. That's how I see that one going down in the Sugar Bowl between the Texas Longhorns and the Washington Huskies. I'm Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. It is so good to have you here. Thanks for being a part of the show on YouTube, on Facebook, on the podcast, on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button for me, would you please? Helps us tremendously on the show. And of course, on the podcast, leave us a five-star. Can that be your Christmas gift to me? And if you want the Heartland College Sports koozie, Leave a rating and a review. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We so appreciate you guys being here, joining us as a part of the show. If you're not on our message boards, get on there, get involved. There's a lot of good stuff happening, and it is a great way to interact with the entire Heartland College Sports staff. It's free to sign up. Go to the website, click on the Members Forum tab at the top, and you'll be in the Heartland College Sports Forums. We appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Go Big 12, even when I'm not picking them in the games. I'm always going to be rooting for the Big 12 team to win and cover the spread every single time. But with the picks, i got to be straight with you here. (laughs) Have a great day. We'll talk to you guys soon. Check us out at heartlandcollegesports.com. See you later. And Merry Christmas if I don't talk to you before then, but I think I will.